Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So, welcome in. Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. Got Uncle Tony, crazy legs. What's going on? And we're here to talk a little fantasy football. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back into another edition of Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. You got Uncle Tony with crazy legs. What's up, crazy legs? What's going on? What's going on? Hey, not too much, man. We got a lot of information to to get through tonight, so we're going to go a little bit quicker uh, than we have in the past, but we're going to talk about a little camp news. Then we're going to finish those uh, NFC divisions. I'll give you some information there so we can set ourselves up for the big podcast coming up uh, later this week and next week with all of our rankings and uh, and how to do drafts and, and strategies and all those kind of things. So, with that, let's just get right into it. What do you say, Jake? Give me some camp news. All right. Yep. This is that time of year where you're hoping your your player does not show up on the camp news unless it's a rookie or something and they're showing out because um, we don't like those injuries. But um, So some good news starting off here. Dobbins was taken off the pup list for the Ravens. So JK is, is officially practicing this week, I believe. Um, Cream Hunt with the Browns running back uh, behind Nick Chubb. And ahead of Dearness Johnson has asked for a trade. Um, I don't believe anything is going to happen with this as he's not nope. owed that much money. Um, and so they're probably not going to see him go unless someone offers up a, a good chunk for him. Um, Eno Benjamin with the Arizona Cardinals seems to be solidifying himself as that RB2, uh, which is a crucial backup to James Conner, who's uh, projected to be possibly top 10 fantasy running back this year. So good handcuff to look out for there. And then finally, uh, Russell Gage for the Buccaneers um, limped off practice uh, this week. It's not cons- it's not supposed to be anything uh, major. Um, it was a left foot or ankle injury, and so they're just monitoring it now. But it's worth bringing up because that makes Julio Jones the, the healthiest wide receiver currently in Buccaneers camp, worth mentioning, uh, with Mike <laughs> Evans dealing with his hamstring um, tweak and uh, Chris Godwin coming off that knee injury. So, um Something to look out for there with with Julio Jones starting to get himself some good reps with Tom Brady. So there you go. And if I, if I know one thing, it's Julio loves to get a lot of camp work. Jeez, a pee. boy does. Um, there you go. Hey, one other thing I'll mention: uh, Makai Becton, offensive tackle for the New York Jets, probably going to be out for the season if not uh, twelve to sixteen weeks with a knee injury. Uh, if you're uh, looking at Brees Hall or Michael Carter and looking at uh, getting into some of that Jets uh, running game. That may have to drop those rankings down a little bit. So those are the other things. If if it will be looking for those major offensive line uh, injuries that can uh, that can uh, impact where you'll have one of your uh, main running backs or, or quarterbacks. So, uh, but anyway, so uh, we'll keep looking on that. So keep that in mind if you're one of those few far between people that really target Jets. Uh, we love to see in my league, but we don't recommend it for anybody else. All right, well. Crazy legs. Let's get right into uh, some NFC South and talk about teams and depth charts there and the fantasy implications of those depth charts and who's got what. And I and I will say, you know, uh, our last two podcasts, we really went through the the divisions. I think that you really want to hit, especially those. As we said, the NFC West, AFC West, really, really a lot of talent there. But uh, there are still some picks here and there, uh, n- not not um, anything uh, in, in those caliber, but still some good picks going in here. We'll, we'll talk about those. So we're going to start with the uh, Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons, with the new helmets this year, the throwbacks. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Mariota, believe it or not, is at the top of that uh, top of that depth chart at quarterback. Uh, I don't think I'll say anything more about that. They've got Desmond Ritter, and for all of you who are U of A grads, know anybody uh, any anything about it? Felipe Franks is actually listed on this depth chart for quarterback, so that's amazing. So way to go, Felipe! Uh, running back, uh, B. 
big names here to remember. Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, and Tyler Algier. Uh, we may have to talk about that rookie. We'll see. Uh, but then wide receiver, uh, the uh, you know, Calvin Ridley would be on this depth chart, but he's uh, suspended. Uh, we'll have to see if maybe he plays in the Canadian Football League this year or something or somewhere where you can actually bet on football because he ain't playing till for a while yet. But Drake London is the big rookie there, uh, so he's the guy to look for. Look for uh, Brian Edwards as possible, and Olamide Zacchaeus. I think I said that right. Uh, are the three there's there, and 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 there's a guy there that I think you you might want to think about a guy named Geronimo Allison, but he never did show much anywhere else he's been. So there's the Falcons. Um, there's only really a couple of names here to talk about. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, we can just uh, skip right over quarterback. Not even mentioning it for redraft <laughs> leagues. If you're in a dynasty league and it's a deep league, you've probably heard of Desmond Ritter, but not worth mentioning for this podcast currently. Um, yeah, running back room wise, I think the main the main name you need to need to know about <clears throat> for redraft leagues is Cordell Patterson. Um, bursted on last year, um, getting that shot out of a running back role and not the wide receiver or special teams role. Um, he did kind of flounder, I feel like, at, towards the end of the year. But, boy, for a good, solid first half, he was, I believe, a top five or ten wide receiver on the season. So um, I think he's currently being drafted around an RB3 range. Um, so he's he's a, he's a solid draft pick for your for your backup or flex spot, most likely. He's going to have some big weeks here or there, most likely. Um, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, I mean, they're worth mentioning as the backups, but I don't foresee this offense being any kind of high scoring with that QB room. So for me, I'm staying away. And then the big name in the wide receiver room is obviously Drake London spending a top first-round pick on him. Big body, big red zone threat. Um, he's going to get a lot of volume, a lot of work. Um, so I like to see Drake London. I'm curious to see what the, how they use him in the preseason and how he's developing because um, he's he's going to get a ton of cornerbacks and safety shading his way because, again, he's, he's the main guy wide receiver-wise. Um, Brian Edwards is a, is a, is an interesting name to look out for. I see him taking over that wide receiver two job from Olamide. I think Olamide is, uh, listed currently as a wide receiver two, but I think that's because Edwards has been dinged up a little bit. I like Brian Edwards coming out of college, so we'll see what he can do in that offense. But again, he's got Marks Marriott throwing him the ball. So not, not a lot of faith. Um, but then the other, the biggest name probably on this team, which I don't know if you've even mentioned, is Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, I was going to try to sneak that in. You, you, yeah. you ruined the surprise for me there, Jake. But yeah, uh, I was going to say, here's the here's the actual wide receiver one. Exactly. Kyle Pitts. Yes, I, I foresee this as a Kansas City-like pecking order where the tight end is definitely the first target. We all know Kyle Pitts, freak of an athlete, freak of a tight end, more like a wide receiver, like you said. Um, he showed it out last year. Um, he lost Matty Ice, replacing it in Marcus Mariota. So I, I see he himself taking a step forward. The volume's definitely going to be there again. It's just tough thinking that they're going to be quality balls coming his way from Marcus Mariota and seeing them in the red zone too often. So I like him a lot. He's being drafted, unfortunately, though, as a tight end three. I don't like that price tag um, for, for this offense. I'd rather take the shot at George Kittle or another one of those high-end tight ends um, whose offense I have a lot more faith in. Um, but Kyle Pitts is definitely a name to be looking out for. Yep, there you go. Uh, I, I would feel better about that if we, as we talk about these other teams, you, we're not going to hear a lot of firepower, but for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and so uh, I agree, not a lot of scoring may happen this league. So, not really a team you want to reach for. But like I said, Kyle Pitts, I think is 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 a good one, and not that you want to draft him. But remember the name Tyler Algier as you're looking at waiver wires come week six, week eight, because I think that's going to be something to look for when he when he actually uh, figures figures stuff out. So um, let's move on. Yes. Oh, if he's not on a roster in Dynasty League, you need to go get him. If he's out there, go get him. Um, Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. And um, I. Very similar to the Falcons, that we really don't want to talk about this quarterback room much, unless you're unless you're a super flex league, uh, and that's Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter there with Sam Darnold, and then another uh, dynasty uh, candidate with Matt Corral uh, that that you can take a look at there for the quarterback of the future. But uh, um, don't draft Baker Mayfield. Okay, can we just say that? Don't draft Baker Mayfield, and we'll move on to the rest of this depth chart. <laughs> so. Um, you, you can watch his commercials, but just don't draft him. Um, so this running, but this, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, this depth chart, Chris McCaffrey, Chubba Hubbard, and Dante Foreman, uh, definitely some, um, uh, uh, 
handcuffs that you need looking for. But CMC, one of the greatest uh, fantasy running backs that we've seen in a long time. I'm sure uh, Jake will have something to say about that. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrace Marshall, second-year guy, are, are the wide receivers to look for. Begin. I, I, they've uh, at the with the quarterback room being what it is, they don't hold the value you think they would. And I, you know, if you can name me the starting tight end for Carolina Panthers, I'll give you twenty bucks. But uh, you've got Ian Thomas and and Tommy Trimble, who are the two guys that are listed at the top of that that. This, but that's this is not a team that you want to have a lot of draft picks coming out of, uh, uh, other than CMC and DJ Moore. Uh, Jake, what do you got? No, you hit the nail right on the head, and you've mentioned it uh, uh, earlier with the Falcons that I think even across these next twelve teams, we're talking about in total, you're going to see a, a big pattern of there's maybe only two guys on each team that you really need to be targeting, except for those few few um, few teams like the Buccaneers, maybe the Packers, maybe the Saints. Cowboys but the rest of these teams you're mainly only going to be targeting one or two guys and again that's going to be because of the sheer volume they're going to be getting on their team because each yep. each of these has their own superstar uh for the pat for the Panthers it's Christian McCaffrey and uh DJ Moore CMC yeah fantasy uh, just stud over the past couple of years just been dealing with some health issues unfortunately which you can't foresee um, for me, that's why he's not the number one overall pick, but some people still have him up there. He's still being considered a top two, which is pretty dang good. And then DJ Moore, DJ Moore, man, he is just uh, Mr. Consistent, I would like to say. He's he's Mike Evans, but without touchdowns. Because, um, boy, he just puts up receptions, puts up receiving yards, but he just can't seem to get that connection with a good QB to get him in that red zone and get him the touchdowns he needs to really um, – shoot him up the shoot him up the ranks so i love him yeah. as a keenan allen type he's gonna get his but if he if he hits any kind of close to a double digit touchdown he's shooting up to wide receiver one easily just based on the sheer numbers so love dj Moore as a nice solid floor consistent pick yep uh i agree completely dj Moore is a great ppr wide receiver unless something happens with cmc and he's not healthy uh, DJ Moore is very limited from a uh, from a TD uh, perspective, and and you got to take him down for that. So, hundred uh, percent agree. So, CMC, DJ are the two guys you need to be looking for there. After that, especially with the quarterback room as it is, not sure how much the wide receivers. Robbie Anderson's got some talent on again, off again. You love him, you hate him. Uh, might be looking for some daily fantasy stuff, but that'd be about it from time to time. So, um, uh, so with that, we'll move on to. You know them, you love them, you can't live without them. It's those, it, it it's those uh, Bourbon Street friendly New Orleans Saints, um, and there's a lot of Saints fans that listen to the podcast. To, and so we want to be as kind as we possibly can, but you know, I got to tell you the truth, it's not looking good for the Saints this year. They're waiting for that next guy to be there to to, to come up. So you got Jameis Winston at quarterback. Uh, leading that room, um, we mentioned earlier last week had a little bit of had a little bit of uh, uh, ankle issue, but he's fine. Running back room, it starts with Alvin Kamara and it ends with Alvin Kamara. Uh, Mark Ingram is back in town, but it's hard to be a, an effective uh, fantasy running back at the age of thirty-two, the ripe old age of thirty-two. Uh, so uh, Alvin Kamara is your running back guy there. Um, even though we, you might hear some uh, some rumblings, but the wide receiver room does have some value to it. So you've got Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave. Did I say it right? Yes, Olave. Is it Olave. Olave. Those are three really talented wide receivers, uh, and so a uh, lot to talk about there. And then a tight end, Adam Troutman, is a big, big body guy, and and uh, the media darling Taysom Hill, who. You, he, it sounds like, oh, I need to have this guy. I've heard of him, but he's not a really a viable fantasy tight end. And he is truly just a tight end this year. They have taken, they have taken that quarterback designation away from him. So here with the Saints, uh, deep wide receiver room, but everything else is, is pretty, is pretty thin. And, uh, Jake, what, what do you think about these, uh, these ain'ts? Yeah, I think Jameis Winston is a potential sleeper quarterback pick in redraft leagues. Definitely a nice, solid pick in uh, Superflex. Um, but for free draft, you're really just taking a shot at him late, um, hoping that these wide receivers and Alvin Kamara can propel him forward. Um, Alvin Kamara is a consistent top 10 running back in the NFL, uh, especially in PPR leagues. That's where he does a lot of his damage in the screen game. 
Um, he's currently got this, that possible suspension looming over him for uh, what happened in the offseason in Vegas. Uh, nothing good happens after midnight, folks, especially in Vegas. Um, but Alvin Kamara, his, I believe his case or his court date was delayed another two months. So we could we could possibly see one of those scenarios where it just gets pushed to the end of the season and we don't see him take on that suspension. Um, I know that was the big thing propelling Mark Ingram up in some of these early best ball drafts and, and, and early redraft leagues is people are hoping that Ingram would get a shot at that starting role for those first four six games, depending if Kamara gets suspended. But for now, he's just the backup to Kamara. Um, could see some goal line work, but Kamara is for sure the, the workhorse of that backfield. Um, and then I think we mentioned in the very first episode that I think the Saints have silently um, collected one of the top five receiving cores in the NFL. If you look from a one to three standpoint, even maybe a one to four standpoint um, with Traquan Smith sitting back there at four. Uh, Michael Thomas, if he can return to any kind of dominance, doesn't need to be what he was, but just not what he's not what he has been, which is not on the field. Um, so <laughs> I, I like him a lot. If he can s- sustain that wide receiver one role, really open up the field to Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, just some quick shifty guys that can stretch the field, but cut across quick, really open up the lanes for Kamara, Thomas, Winston. Um, but like you said, I'm dodging the tight end room here. Uh, Adam Troutman, I see him more as a, an old Jimmy Graham where you're not expecting him to do anything in the middle of the field, but when they get within 10 yards of the end zone, you just send him out there because he's a giant and hopefully you can throw it up to him. So, um, but that's, yeah, for the most part, I'm really just targeting this wide receiver room and this running back Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the saints are somebody that I want to watch in the preseason a little bit. Cause I think you, you t- uh, touched on it there, Jacob, this could be a really solid offense. And, uh, although, Alvin Kamara is not – I don't think you can rank him as Alvin Kamara of old, uh, not only because he's he is older, but uh, because of Michael Thomas. And and I'll say this, more so for Jarvis Landry. Uh, Jarvis Landry is one of the best possession receivers out there and is going to – he's great for PPR because he could be your wide receiver three flex – and he's going to get 70, 80 catches a year. I mean, she may average 3.7 yards per catch, but, man, he's going to catch a lot of balls. And that's really where Alvin Kamara has been in the past in this offense. And it's a new offense. Uh, Sean Payton's no longer there. This is a this is going to be a different different offense. But there is that possibility, I think, with Jameis Winston. You, you nailed it, Crazy Legs. He is definitely a sleeper pick for a, a possible back in QB1, solid QB2. And uh, he's got the arm and it has shown that if he's healthy and there shouldn't, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be. That was a, a kind of a freak accident or a freak injury last year anyway. But uh, man, there's, a, there's a lot of talent on this roster, but I think, I think all of them together, they kind of knock themselves back down that we'll be talking in rankings of all of these players here being mid-tier, uh, mid-tier type players. Uh, not the, I don't think nobody, uh, Mike Thomas is never going to, uh, no one ever may catch 116 balls again. So we'll just see what happens. But, um, but anyway, uh, so that takes us down to the, the powerhouse in this division, if you could call them that. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll, you know, we'll just say, Tom Brady, and then move on from that that depth chart, and uh, and then what I think is interesting is Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn, and I guess you got to say Giovanni Bernard a little bit uh, in that running back room uh, as far as what we'll talk about fantasy wise, um, looking at the depth chart, uh, and then wide receivers as as Jake said earlier, <laughs> they're all questionable right now. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and then the newest addition, Julio Jones, which I really think Julio takes out any kind of uh, wild card pick you might have had from a couple of the guys below that that have that once every once in a while will have a, a big game uh, for here and there. And then their tight end room is different than it's ever been before. Uh, Cameron Brait and Kyle Rudolph are the tight ends there, with Brait currently listed as the one. But Rudolph comes in with some with some chops, and he can he knows how to catch the ball out of that tight end position. So we'll just have to see what happens. I think this roster more than any, um, you've got some solids, uh, some solid picks that you can that you can say, "Yep, 
I can I can feel good about drafting them. I'm not concerned about a lot of these injuries early on. Uh, these guys, this is a veteran uh, depth chart, and I think we, you can pick them where you think you need to pick them. Don't pick them more than where you need to pick them, but I think we, you, these are, if for any other team, pick them where you need to pick them. What do you think, Jake? No, I agree. <clears throat> um, I think I think this is Super Bowl contending team once again. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady, there's not much more you can add to him, um, except for the fact that he is still being drafted around the back end of the wider of the QB room. I think he's listed as a QB ten currently, ADP um, eighth round. I was blessed to have a, a share of Tom Brady last year, first time ever in fantasy, actually, <laughs> and boy, hell of a year did I have. Um, I think he's just one of those guys where un- until he finally doesn't do it, how can you not just count on him to just put up the numbers he needs to put up to really propel your team forward? And for someone that's going in the eighth round or later, I think it's a great slot for him. Um, Leonard Fournette, um, up and down training camp news um, just with his weight, but I think they'll get him right. There's been no reason to ever doubt that he'll won't be back to what he was at the end of, end of last year. I'm a little worried because he's currently being drafted at the high end of a third round, a top 15 running back, I believe. Um, so it's a little riskier of a pick, just me thinking of what Leonard Fournette brings to the table. Um, but, boy, this wide receiver room is full of veterans. Um, they all got cues next to their name from what I'm seeing right now. But <laughs> it's early. I expect them to all have that, and I expect them all to be healthy for the start of the season, except maybe Chris Godwin, they're still going to be working him in. But I expect Evans and Gage to be ready to go. Julio Jones, a red zone threat, so that might take away a little bit from Evans, but I think it helps Brady for sure. Um, so I love having Evans made as a combo pick to a first-round running back, um, and Russell Gage is a late pick for sure. Um Tight ends wise, I don't think they use their tight ends as much as I as I think fantasy wise from fantasy purpose. Kyle Rudolph, I think, is strictly there for red zone and blocking. He's a big body, big red zone guy. Cameron Brait, a little more of a field athlete, but still, I don't think they use their tight ends enough to be a fantasy threat. I agree with that. The tight end room here, only if you're in a TD only league, are you looking at these tight ends? They just don't get it. There's just not enough balls to go around. Uh, for these guys and plus the fact Mike Evans and now Julio Jones are big bodied wide receivers that are used in the red zone so there's just not that much there and we all know Gronk has said he is definitely 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 retired so we'll see about that um, but uh, but yeah I'm with you I, I don't know if we've ever seen a situation where there you could be looking at uh, there's a possibility that you've got four future Hall of Famers on this roster at the same time with Brady, Evans, Julio, and Chris Godwin, if he stays healthy, has put up some significant numbers the first part of his career. And so he's the – but I think there's no doubt that Brady, Evans, and Julio are on that trajectory of being Hall of Fame type players. And that's re- – you just don't hear about that very often. And so – um, get you some, get them where you need to get them. But, uh, that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's switch it up here and let's roll back up to the NFC North and talk about, uh, you know, talk about, uh, the snows of the world and, and see what's going on up there. And let's start with the bears, top bears, top bears, top bears. So I just like to say that I don't get a chance to say that very often. So um, the Bears, as much as we were talking about um, uh, veterans on the Bucks, you could just flip the script here on the Bears, and it's a really young, uh, really young lineup with a lot of uh, a lot of folks that really haven't had a lot of experience. So let's start with Justin Fields, who they are going to hand the reins over. That is your quarterback in 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 Chicago, unless for some reason you're one of those people like uh, John Gruden who just believes in Nathan Peterman. But uh, Justin Fields is your guy. Um, running back, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert uh, are really the two at the top there. Then you've got in the wide receiver room. It's This is one of the skinniest rooms in the league with Darnell Mooney, and I mean that both literally and figuratively, with Darnell Mooney, <laughs> Byron Pringle, and uh, Valus Jones, the rookie, uh, and the newly acquired Inkeel Harry. And, and dude, if you if you can't make it as a wide receiver in New England, I'm not sure what makes you think you're going to make it as a wide receiver anywhere else. But Inkeel's in there, uh, and, and so 
the and then the 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 big body of this team is Cole Komet sitting at the tight end and and a very very draftable tight end as we'll talk about here soon I'm sure but uh, Jake uh, tell me who your we don't need to spend a lot of time on the Bears but tell me who your favorite Bears pick is in that in that depth chart I think my favorite Bears pick it's tough actually um, didn't think I'd ever say that about the Bears but I think it's because from a value standpoint I really really like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Um, I'm not interested at all in Justin Fields. I just think that the, the offense doesn't move enough, and he's just not there with the pieces around him as a second-year quarterback. He, they're just not gonna, I don't foresee them moving the ball enough, which worries me about David Montgomery, but that's baked into his cost as well, and he's currently, at, I think, a decent value for someone who I think is going to get a huge share as long as he can stay healthy, being the current RB18 and ADP, a fourth-round pick, low third-round pick, so if you do go wide receiver heavy, he's a good name to target because he's going to get his workload. But, again, I really like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet both going in later rounds. Uh, it's not very often that you get to you get to draft a wide receiver one for a team in the sixth to eighth round. Um, and I think Darnell Mooney, like we mentioned, he's he's the main guy. He's the only name to truly mention. He's going to get the huge volume, I think, from Justin Fields. We saw it last year, actually, when he would just throw it to him and double, triple coverage sometimes um, just to trust the guy. So I like Mooney a lot as a value pick. And then Cole Komet is the number one, I feel like, tight end breakout pick from all the experts out there, us included, uh, or at least myself. Um, and it <laughs> may or may not have something to do with him being on one of my dynasty teams, but I actually am very <laughs> excited to see Cole Komet um, break out officially this year. I believe last year he had great numbers in the middle of the field, but zero touchdowns, and that's the only thing that really held him back from, I think, breaking in that tight end one um, ranking. And so I'm very excited to see what Cole Komet can do. I think it's his third year in the league. That's typically when we see tight ends take a step forward. So I'm very excited to see Cole Komet. And someone you're getting in the 10th round, ooh, love it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this. I, I disagree. I disagree, sir, with some of your uh, your predictions here because I, I actually I'm, – I'm staying away from this wide receiver uh, core at all at any cost. I, I, you could take Mooney out at the, at the very back. I don't see him as a mid-round, but – um, I will say this: If you're in a super flex league, meaning you've got to start two quarterbacks, I'm not opposed to starting Justin Fields because of the yardage that he's going to get on the ground. Uh, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of that because this offensive line is not good. I'm not going to use the suck word, but they're not very good. And uh, so that brings me to what I think is probably the worst pick you can make this year, and that's David Montgomery at his ADP. Stay away from David Montgomery and his ADP as I see it today. I just don't see him being able to produce. He's he's in that danger zone for running backs. Uh, five, five-year starter, six-year starter, I think, something like that. Uh, the wear and tear is really – that's when it starts to get to some of these guys that have been uh, getting 200-plus carries. So – and I'll flip it on that. And the guy that I'm looking to draft on this team is actually Khalil Herbert. Uh, and I think if you're in a PPR league, and hear me out there, crazy legs, come on, don't give me that kind of face. Um, when you're, if you're in a PPR league and you're zero running back, and you need that flex guy, you know, guys like Naheem Hines, the old James White, uh, uh McKissick, uh, those kind of guys. I think Khalil Herbert's got a 60, 70 reception uh year in him because of Justin Fields because of his second year because he's going to be outside the pocket and because they're going to be a lot of second and long and third and long situations and I really I I'm just telling you watch out for Khalil Herbert look for him at the back end of your drafts and that's all I have to say about that I will just say that I can't wait to get to the ranking episodes when we can finally dive in on these disagreements. <laughs> so, and I will, I will leave it at that because we got plenty more superstars to get to. So there you go. So let's talk about the Detroit Lions. And so before I do the depth chart, uh, we're we're recording this podcast after Hard Knocks has started. And let me tell you this: it, if you if you're a fan of Hard Knocks, you'll love this. If you're not a fan of Hard Knocks and haven't seen it, Go watch the Detroit Lions on Hard Knocks because I'm a Dan Campbell fan now. I just got to tell you, and so, but go out and see him. That, that it was, it was, it was great. I can't wait to see the next one. But, uh, but anyway, let's talk about their depth chart. Uh, so, uh, Jared Goff is their quarterback, and um, 
uh, it, it's it's Jared Goff's kind of guy you want to say his name and then move on because that's kind of the quarterback he is. Uh, he's just kind of there. But this running back room is interesting. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, uh, some po- folks would say it's one and two. Some folks would say it's one and one A. Very interesting, and we'll need to talk about that. Um, the wide receiver uh, room, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and the new addition, uh, DJ Chark. Uh, very interesting uh, uh, position there. You've got some other names that are that you want to uh, think about, but Jamison Williams is a big rookie, but he's probably not going to play at all this year. If not, it's going to be late. Probably not as from a fantasy standpoint, a draftable uh, position, unless, again, your dynasty. Uh, and then some other names that just – will be breakout candidates and then a tight end they do have a guy that's that's got some talent tj hawkinson but just hasn't been able to last year was supposed to be a breakout year for him and it just didn't happen and they were let's face it the lions were three and 13 last year or three and 14 and that's just not going to get you a lot of fantasy players on on the radar so um so jake let me ask you here in detroit rock city uh what do you think uh who, who are the players to look for here for me personally, I'm only looking at DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm definitely not looking at the QB room in a redraft league. In a super flex league, you can, you can definitely think about Jared Goff probably as your as a QB too, um, but a back end in super flex even. But uh, DeAndre Swift is a top ten running back, huge PPR value. Um, I personally don't agree with the one A one B conversation between them and Jamal Williams. I think that was definitely a, a thing last year, especially with. The OC being the um, old Chargers coach, who we know liked to try to use the two running back system, um, but I think right. I believe it's a new coach in this or new OC in this year. Um, I think Jamal Williams, great. I think he's a great teammate. We've seen that in in uh, in Hard Knocks, but also that's just been the report off him. is He's a big team guy, so I I can easily see him on third down pass blocking roles. But I think this is where they truly open up DeAndre Swift this year, and they know that this is the guy that has to get the ball if we want to win games. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I don't like him this year just because I think he's a big name, but I think what he did last year was just a circumstance of his um, – was a was because of his circumstance. Uh, I think people were hurt. I think Hawkinson – A lot of guys yeah, hurt. Yeah, I think Hawkinson was out I, even. Uh, I think it was a sheer volume thing that yep. we saw last year, yep. just peppering yep. him. And, and a lot of, like, expect a lot of garbage time from this team. I, I mean, I love Dan Campbell. I think they're they're moving in the right way, but they're definitely not there yet. And I expect another three three win five win season maybe from them. Um, so I I'm around St. Brown. I think I like him a lot, but not where he's going currently, which is a, another six round mid round guy. I just don't think it's worth taking him there. Um, DJ Chart. Yeah. I'd like to see him in the preseason, but. He's just a field stretcher, I think, for this team. With Jared Goff as your QB, I, I'm not a fan. Jamison Williams, huge talent, but just not for this year. Um, and then yeah. TJ Hawkinson, we just, we've been waiting for this breakout. He's sitting right there in the middle of the tight end one conversation, or the middle of the tight end one rankings. But I, I'm not a fan of these mid-round tight ends. I'd rather just take my shot at two or three later on in drafts. And so for that reason, I'm, I'm usually am passing on TJ. So again, this whole thing, I'm probably taking DeAndre only and moving on. There you go. I, I, I don't think that I disagree with anything there. Although uh, I, I think maybe the best value pick is DJ Chark. Uh, I, you know, it, just circumstance last year with Jacksonville, there's a lot. We talked about that earlier. There's a lot of Jacksonville players that I think were hurt by, um, Urban Meyer, and and so we'll see if that happens. And so if DJ is healthy, uh, I I think that he's definitely there. But um, <clears throat> just like we talked about Montgomery, I think Amon Ra St. Brown is a, is a name, and, and he had a hot year. Be careful with that, man. Be careful. The last thing I'll say: a lot of hard knocks teams get dra- get players drafted that should never get drafted. You say, oh, that Jamal Williams, I really love him. I'm going to draft him. Just be careful. Just to understand what's going on, and so, uh, so anyway, yeah, there you go, there you go. So, um, I I sure hope that they're a, um, <clears throat> a fun team to watch this year. It's a division that anybody could win, because um, as we talk about our next team, uh, who you think anybody can win? You mean the Green Bay Packers aren't going to win this division? 
I don't know that the Green Bay Packers are going to win the division, but we are definitely talking about two of the more high-powered teams in the next two here that I actually, I believe, do have an opportunity to maybe be a Super Bowl contender um, just because of this first guy, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He still is, and so you never know. you, you got to take that chance. Definite solid QB1. This running back room, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think those are two two definite guys you've got to look at from your uh, uh, from a drafting standpoint. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, this is where the the wide receiver room is completely different. Um, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, and then you got to look. Somebody's gonna somebody is gonna jump out of that. Uh, Romeo Dubs is having a great camp. They're talking about that rookie uh, Christian Rotson. They're not talking about that rookie because he's not been on the field yet. And then uh, Amari Rogers, last year's draft pick. Um, somebody is going to jump from the back of this pack and have a huge year, uh, in my opinion. This the, the, there's a great one of these guys is going to be a great sleeper pick. The question is which one. And then uh, Robert Tanyan, <clears throat> tight end has never been a big position in this offense. Uh, so um, I would say that Tanyan is is is. Uh, very similar to what Jake just talked about, middle of the road, tight end, and you kind of want to stay away from those. So, uh, so I'd say uh, crazy legs. Tell me something on this Packer team. Tell me what we need to do here. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Tell me about these Packers. You're, you're looking at a similar lineup to similar to the the Chiefs almost, at least for the wide receiver, and we just don't know who's really going to emerge as that as that go to guy. Um, the money is Alan Lazard as being like the only main guy there uh, from the last couple years. I know Randall Cobb was there last year, but um, Alan Lazard is in line to be that guy. He's he's one of the main healthier receivers for them currently. So my money would be on Alan Lazard, but um, I think the main guy you need to to draft out of this is is actually Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I think, has the has the best value. He is currently valued at the back end of the t- the QBs. QB twelve, I think. So he's in a he's a fringe QB one. Never thought you'd say that about Aaron Rodgers, but I feel like he's in that Tom Brady range now, and that maybe that Tom Brady era. Like the talent's there, you gotta trust the talent at, at the QB <clears throat> position. He's gonna get his. They're gonna put up points still. He's that good to where he can make the guys around him better, and they're paying him to do that. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great value in in redraft leagues to be your starting quarterback. There you go, and I, I'm gonna. Uh... Talk about the other guy here, um, and that's Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones, to me, uh, is the the one player here. And I know that I'm going to get uh, laughed at here, I'm pretty sure. But I think he has the best opportunity to improve from last year. Uh, A.J. Dillon, you know, everybody talks about this is the guy. You know, He is going to chunk up the yards. But somebody's going to have to take those targets that Devontae Adams was getting. And I think Aaron Jones is the guy to get it. They don't have a third down back here, um, not really, that, that has experience. And Aaron Jones has the experience. I really think we could look and see an Alvin Kamara-like year from Aaron Jones. and just But just add 400 more yards rushing to that. Um, I, I, I just, I, I really like Aaron Jones this year with the absence of Devonte Adams. And before we do rankings, I'm going to do a little more research on how did he do when Adams was out of the lineup? If, when Adams has been hurt or, or holding out, what was Aaron Jones's statistics? Cause I think Aaron Rodgers, as you just said, Jake, he's a guy, he's going to find that open man very much. I think Tom Brady, uh, and Leonard Fournette could be Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones this year. I just think we're going to see that uptick in receptions, and he's going to have. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go out of limb here and say Aaron Jones has the opportunity to be a top five running back in fantasy this year. I yeah, I don't disagree. The targets are there for him to take. I think every, I agree with everything you just said. I know everyone's got a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth for Aaron Jones because of last year's AJ Dillon. I think vultured him multiple times. Um, and so that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But I think the targets are there for him to just really scoop him up and run with him. Um, all the experiences are there. He's, I think he's got the best rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and he's not even a wide receiver. Um, so I, I for sure see Aaron Jones still being that true RB1 for this team and taking those targets. There you go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's roll to what I – I'm going to say is the uh, the dark horse to win the NFC. 
and we may hear more about that on the JPP pod in these next few weeks, is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, new coach, new system, um, uh, one of the arguably uh, the top one or two uh, wide receivers in the in the league. Uh, and so let's talk about this lineup for just a second because I don't think until you really look and go, huh, do you really realize how talented this team is offensively? Um, and we got Kirk Cousins at quarterback, um, much maligned, but always in the top 12 from a quarterback QB standpoint, um, steady Eddie. Uh, then you got Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. It, this is a classic handcuff. Um, definitely not a 1A, 1B. Um, Dalvin is the man, uh, one of the last men <laughs> in the NFL that's out there for, for uh, almost all the game. And then I think this is the wide receiver room that um, rivals what Jake said about uh, Tampa Bay uh, and uh, in, in New Orleans, and that's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne. And I don't – you know, everybody knows Justin Jefferson, but – Three years ago, Adam Thielen was uh, – I, I can't remember if he had 100 catches or not. But I don't know that he's ever had a season where he's played uh, 12 or more games that he hasn't had over 100 targets. Uh, this guy is a great PPR, um, a great PPR wide receiver. And uh, there's news out of camp that in this new offense – He's getting much more uh, uh, red zone looks than he has in the past, which brings us to the the reason he's probably getting more of those is <laughs> because the tight end room, Irv Smith was the wonderkind who was supposed to have a big big year last year and then broke broke the foot and um and and got a hand like a foot as my my buddy Lift would say and uh, it's just an unknown. But if he's healthy, could be a phenomenal. But he's already hurt again this year and not out there. But this time it's a thumb. So, um, but a, a lot of talent here. If healthy, if if healthy, this could be one of the top uh, top ten scoring uh, teams in the NFL. I don't know if I'd what go think, so Jake? far as say top ten scoring teams, but but oh, come on, you, man. you look at the team though, and you think like, why why am I excited about this team? But yeah, I but I agree with you. They're they're I think they're not just a dark horse. I think they're a solid pick to possibly win the NFC, and maybe that's just because I know their defense is also going to be pretty damn good. But um, from a fantasy standpoint, though, we're worried about that because we're trying to make that green. And so, Kurt Cousins, I think. He he's exactly what he is in fantasy as he is in, in in the NFL I believe and that's just a solid QB but nothing special. You'll see him as a daily streamer. You'll see him as a guy that punted on the position probably. So he's going to pick up two of those late guys. And Kirk Cousins is going to have some of those weeks where he's just going to be able to to fill in for you. Um, Dalvin Cook is 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 the man. He's the main guy um, out of this running back room. Alexander Madison is a, a true handcuff because Dalvin Cook is one of the few. Workhorse backs left in the NFL, I think, um, currently, and he's being drafted as such as a top five running back, and so he's a first round pick, and for good reason. I think he puts up great numbers. Not much more you need to say about it. Jeff- Justin Jefferson, what a phenomenal athlete this kid is. Um, could e- easily finish as the wide receiver one if he takes another step forward, like we've seen him do every year. You already see a lot of buzz coming out of training camp for him. Just killing it in every single route tree against every single DB. Um, so I, I have high hopes for Justin Jefferson this year, and he's being drafted as such. So um, if you like him a lot, take him, because you're going to need to in the first or second round. Um, actually, take that back. Just the first round, actually. Uh, the first yeah, round. He's not yeah. making it in the second if round. he's there in the second, you better yeah, jump no on joke. him. <laughs> and then Adam Thielen is one of those guys where I, I feel like you just hate – you hate taking these mid-round guys, but he's one of the few I actually like in the middle rounds because um, he's just a consistent guy when healthy, a consistent guy. Now, he's getting up in there that age that he's his consistency is, is still there, but it's not as high of a floor as it's been. But I think this offense opening up a little more to the passing game, you heard you talk about it a little bit. I think he's going to get a little more of a volume there. Um, I like Adam Thielen a lot just from a good, consistent flex option. Um, for your team and then KJ Osborne he stepped up last year with some of the guys being hurt banged up he had some big weeks but he's still more of a boom bust player for me at this point dynasty you might want to just keep an eye on him get him on your roster but for redraft I don't see much coming from KJ Osborne this year and the same for the tight end room at this team 
Yep. There you go. Well, I, I, okay. So here it is. First six pack challenge bet. You'll hear this a lot over the season, folks. I'm, I'll put a six pack down. Minnesota Vikings top 10 offense. Top, scoring offense. Top 10 scoring top, top offense. Top 10 scoring offense. A top 10 scoring offense. I, yeah. I'm going to top 10, though. So Come on. a top third of the. Come on. I'll take it. I mean, my. my there my, you go. My, 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 uh, my stats are favoring me for these, these challenges. So. That's true. Um, <laughs> that's true. So I'm we, making them back we, this year. We though. typically don't bust them out until the ranking shows, but uh, that's right. <laughs> but I, but I will take it. Here. <laughs> I got I got feelings for the Minnesota Vikings. I I feel it. I feel it. All right. So there. You, all right. There it is. First six pack bet. All right. So let's roll to the last depth chart review, and that's going to be for the NFC least. <laughs> it's just uh, there'll be one team here where I think that's really got some uh, players on it, but then other than that this this is a desert. Once again, this is this is that house that the cousin's house that you really you want to come in and visit, but you don't want to stay long. They've got a dog that just hates you, you know, humps your leg, you know, smells bad. You don't want to stay in this house long, and so that's the that's the NFC East, and we'll start with them. Um, your Dallas Cowboys, and uh, again, uh, it hurts me to keep saying this because if you don't know, Uncle Tony is a big Cowboys fan, and sometimes I'm a Cowboys fan that that loves to hate the Cowboys because we just got to have some changes. But there's talent here. Uh, there's certainly talent, but not not as much as it had been in the past. But still, a lot of talent at the top. Uh, so you got Dak Prescott, definitely a candidate for a top five uh, quarterback for the year, definitely. Uh, top six, uh, first top half of your of your QB ones, um, uh, supposed to be healthier this year coming back uh, from that um, broken uh, leg. Then you got Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, uh, the two running backs in that depth chart that you really pay attention to. And and I think there's an argument that we'll make when we get the rankings of who's the one. Uh, this is def- this you you could say this is a one one eight. We'll see. Uh, depends on if you believe Jerry Jones or not. And then. Wide receiver, there's a couple of guys here uh, that are that are really talented. C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. If Gallup's back for the first of the season, he's going to be a slow starter. That'll affect his draft position, uh, but don't sleep on him. Uh, and But C.D. Lamb has become the man with uh, uh, Cooper being traded and the injury to James Washington, uh, I think, has really solidified C.D. Lamb as a true wide receiver run one, and I think really vaults his uh, vaults his uh, draft uh, draft position because they they got nowhere else to throw it, and um, except to this guy, another sleeper, Dalton Schultz, a tight end, uh, true pass catching tight end, and uh, so we'll see. They've got a rookie in there that may take a little bit of time. From him, but uh, I, I think we're going to see Dalton Schultz rise up those tight end rankings. Just don't get him too expensive. But um, I'm going to throw it over to the non-Cowboy fan, uh, Jake, and say, what do you think here about the Cowboys? Who's the guy to draft on the Dallas Cowboys? I think the guy to draft is C.D. Lamb. Um, I think C.D. Lamb is one of the few guys you can say at, at any position that is outside the top five of that position that could certainly finish as the number one at the position when the, when the year is all said and done. Um, he's he's technically broken out from fantasy standpoints, but we're but yet you're still waiting for that just explosive season from him. Uh, I think this is the year you see it. Dak's there. He's got another year healthy under his belt from that injury. Cooper's gone. Everything you mentioned there is setting CD up for uh, taking a step forward and truly solidifying himself as a top five to top maybe the top uh, wide receiver in the league especially with the way this offense is ran it's a high scoring offense it has been the past couple years besides Dak obviously going down so when Dak is back there it's a high scoring offense so you definitely want a piece of this offense and I think CD's the one you want it's a high pick it's a second round pick but to take someone in the second round that could easily that has a potential path to being the number one wide receiver I think is a, is, is a value um we can talk about Zeke. I think I think Zeke is he, he the age and how he finished last year. People, I think just because from watching Zeke, you think 
it's slow and it's just boring, and so he doesn't get credit. But I think he still finished as a top, as a wider or as a running back one last year. Um, so I mean, I mean, you take yeah, you take that, and so he's currently being drafted in the third round, middle of the third round. Like I mean, for someone that could easily take a top running back, top wide receiver, and still get this consistent floor of a guy who, from all from all purposes, from training camp, we see as him continuing that and he maybe even being healthier. Um, I'll take that. Tony Pollard, you mentioned a one A one B. I don't foresee that, and I think that's only because they don't use Pollard the same as Elliott, I feel like. And especially, we're going to see that especially this year. I think they know what kind of athlete they have in Pollard and how explosive he can be. We've already gotten the rumors, or not the rumors, we've gotten the reports out of training camp that he's lining up in the slot more. He's, he's, he's running plays with the wide receiver groups, running drills with them. I think with the current health status of Gallup and Washington, losing Amari Cooper, I think you easily could see him maybe solidify a role, possibly, of being on the field with Elliott. Maybe not in the running back position, though. Um, so I like Pollard not just as a handcuff, um, but as a decent flex, maybe a bench, but possibly flex position. Um, he's being drafted, I think, right around RB3s or right outside of it. So I think he's a good shot. There you go. And I couldn't I, I couldn't agree more on that. And so that's, that's what I'd say. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think if, if Zeke falls to you in the third round, absolutely good value. I'm, I'm scared to take him any further up than that. And, and we could be wrong, but I'm with you there a hundred percent. And, and you touched on why I think Tony Pollard is a good value draft pick. We'll talk more about value draft picks, uh, when we talk about rankings, but because of that, anytime a player is lining up in multiple, uh, positions or locations on the field, it's an advantage for them to be on the field and gather targets. So I, I 100% there. So um, let's move on to the New York football giants. This is going to be a short one because as much as the two or three there, we talked about uh, Minnesota, New Orleans, uh, Dallas having a few guys to draft. I, 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 that's that's it for the Giants. Um, so uh, this is a make or break year for Daniel Jones. It's certainly a super flex consideration, but man, there's really going to have to be something happen for for something to happen for Daniel Jones, uh, other than uh, holding a clipboard and, and working his way to um, uh, St. Pius High School. So, um, but Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida uh, in that uh, running back room, I, I think you, you, if you take Barkley. There's certainly an opportunity for a um, a turn back for him, uh, one year removed from a just a uh, a devastating injury. Um, th- this is when you could see him if he's going to be able to play, see him play this year. But you got to have a handcuff for him, and that's Matt Breida, and who's shown that he can play in the league. Um, but then this is this is just the strangest wide receiver room in, in the in the uh, NFL. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard, if he's back, uh, uh, coming off pup, he's coming off being hurt. Darius Slayton, all those names, th- any one of those five players could be the wide receiver one in this offense. And that's terrible, terrible for fantasy football players because you just don't know. Uh, Galladay has all the talent, but it's just not there. So I, I'm, I, it's it's this is a tough team and tight end we, we've got a, the new guy Daniel Bellinger and then Ricky Seal Jones. Uh, anyway, there's just not anything to talk about here, Jake. What do you, what do you think? Is there other than Barkley? Do we need to talk about the Giants depth chart? I think I'll talk a little bit about it. I think just just to hit Saquon real quick. I mean, as a, I, I'm a Saquon Barkley fan, I would like to see him return to I must say not glory, I guess, but I would like to see him return to a solid top ten running back in this NFL league. I think he's got the athleticism, nothing but a great guy on and off the field. I hear as well, so I'd love to see him return. Um, he's another year removed from that devastating injury, um, so I'd like to see him return to that top ten status. Um, I just hate that he's gonna he's stuck in this shitty offense. So, uh, <laughs> but maybe he can get a maybe he, maybe he can request a trade sometime soon. Um, but uh, Kader- there you go. I do yeah. So I do want to hit on the wide receiver room. I mean, it's it's a crapshoot, and it's not even a good crapshoot. At least with the Packers and the Chiefs, we talked <laughs> we've talked about not knowing. You're not knowing who's gonna be the wide receiver one for a high scoring offense linked to a Hall of Fame QB, and yet. 
here, you don't know who's the wide receiver one, and they're linked to the shittiest QB in the league, who probably shouldn't even be there, but I don't think it's because they just they just didn't get the right value they could in the draft or to get the right positioning. So all that being said, I think Kadarius Tony showed at least when he was healthy last year that he is a PPR snob and he can just he can bring in huge targets. Um, now, obviously, all this comes with injuries to multiple people last year when he was playing and getting those 13 target games, stuff like that. So you just don't know truly yet how they're going to use him. But he's the one that at least shown that he can put up the numbers in a PPR league. And it's 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 being shown in current ADP. So he's being currently valued in the 10th round, Galladay the 13th, and Wandale in the 19th. So basically, Wandale's free for most mm-hmm. leagues. Now, the big news out of camp is that yeah. Wandale solidified himself for the slot role. Um they like a lot what they've seen out of the kid. He was the shock pick in the draft. They thought you just drafted another Kadarius Tony. Um, so we'll see how they yep. use him. But a lot of news coming out of camp that they're happy with Juan Dale and his progress as a rookie. So he's a name to keep an eye on for sure. Yep. But I think I'm not going to have any piece of this offense because I don't expect them to be scoring yep. a lot. So the the only thing I know that is certain in the drafts this year is you do not want to stack the New York Giants in best ball. Because no, all those guys are going to be available when it comes around. Don't stack the Giants. All right. Well, let's let's move on uh, to the Eagles. Uh, and uh, what I think is one of the most intriguing quarterback rooms in the uh, in the NFL. And that's Jalen Hurts and um, our good buddy, the mustache Gardner Minshew, uh, behind him. But uh, Jalen Hurts is interesting. I think we'll talk a lot about him more when we go through rankings. Um, but then this is a deep running back room, uh, similar to the wide receiver room in New York, except there's more talent here, actually, with Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott. I, I, there's, it's interesting stuff going on there here. Uh, A.J. Brown, the newest addition to the, to the Eagles, Devontae Smith. Uh, are your two two big big guys there? Devonte limped off a little bit the other day, but it's it's training camp. And then this is an actual tight end to talk about, and that's Dallas Goddard. Uh, whenever you move Zach Ertz out, the guy behind him's got to be good. And so Dallas Goddard is certainly, I think, a top five consideration for tight end. But uh, let's start here with the Eagles, just real quick, Jake. I, I want to hear what you think about uh, AJ Brown. And where we should be thinking about him? So does he fit in this offense? Or that's does he not? that's the key. You know, it's an offense that was more of a run first offense last year with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, this whole backfield of, of this whole depth at backfield, and just having Devontae basically on the outside. Um, we know the Eagles are terrible at drafting wide receivers besides before Devontae, and so they said, you know what, we're not going to take a chance. They traded for AJ Brown. I think it's a great trade. Um, for what they got. Um, A.J. Brown is currently being valued as, a, as a, the number 10 wide receiver off the board. And and that would make sense for his sheer profile. He profiles as just a dominant wide receiver one for a team. We saw it at Tennessee. He's a big yards after catch guy, a, a Debo type guy. Um, I think it could work in this offense. I'm just, it's, this is going to be a very interesting offense to watch in the preseason for how they, how they use him with Devonte Smith. Um, a little bit, a little bit different play styles from both of them. But I like A.J. Brown a lot, a lot just from the sheer athleticism and physical attributes he can put up. Um, okay. I will say this, okay. it, coming down to it, if you're staring at Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown's got the most risk probably of all of them just because you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Um, yeah, that's it. That's going to be a fun tier to talk about next week. Exactly. I so. can't wait for rankings, but... I will say this, though. A.J. Brown has put up top 10 wide receiver numbers before, and it, and it was also in a run-heavy first offense with Derrick Henry there. Yep. So it's not unheard of for him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get much heavier yeah, than Derrick it, Henry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not unheard of for him to put these numbers up because, again, yeah. it doesn't take it only takes one catch for him to take it to the house because that yards after catch is just a strong ability for him. Devontae Smith, I think, is also a very interesting pick right now um, just because the, the talent is there, but he's being drafted in, at wide receiver 37. Um I think that's a decent yeah. shot in the mid rounds to take for someone that was a Heisman Trophy winner. Showed that he showed it last year. He just didn't get the volume I think that he needed. Um, so again, I'm curious to see what the Eagles really think because this is the one team where you you can truly say they have the their backfield is what you just don't know what they're going to do with. Not the wide receiver room, right. it's the running back room because for some reason they will not let Miles Sanders cook. 
And I, 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 I just don't know why you have some rings, some weeks where he gets 24 carries, and then there's other weeks where he gets like six. And so I just don't get it. I wish they would be more consistent with him because I think he is a, he is a strong talent. But because because of the how right. they use him, and you just can't rely on him, I typically don't end up with any Miles Sanders. And so I think I think AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts is another guy we haven't we we don't talk about QBs much because they're all typically bunched up together one to twelve. Um, he's he's right in the middle there, but. Because of the sheer running ability, he easily could finish as the as RB one or sorry QB one, um, depending on the rushing yards and rushing TDs. So, yeah, uh, intriguing. Uh, I say that intriguing. I, I really want to look at the Eagles as we start to to tear out and look at drafts because I, I think Sanders and Gainwell are very much uh, the same player. Uh, Sam Sanders just has a little more experience, so it's if one is hurt, the other one's value goes up. A lot, and so that is a good stackable team. I'll, let's say that if best ball, the Eagles are a good stackable team. I would say. Um, well, let's move on to the last team, the last team on the list, the last team in the NFC East, the last team in the NFC, and probably the last, or could be the last team in the NFL. But and that's the Washington Commanders, and so um, y- you know. Uh, Carson Wentz gets a gets a bad knock for uh, as far as a quarterback, but he puts up middling uh, middling to high QB two numbers. So I think from a fantasy standpoint, you gotta you gotta put that uh, put that joking aside that you're gonna get uh, at the water cooler on Tuesday morning when everybody says you drafted Carson Wentz. When you say, "Oh, did Carson Wentz really score that much?" That's the kind of quarterback Carson Wentz is. So definitely streamer type type guy. But we'll see how he does here with the Commanders. And it's going to take me a while to get used to the saying the Commanders. I understand. Uh, but um, uh, running back room again. This is this is a cluster. Uh, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Brian Robinson. There are a million stories to tell, and a million stories are are are, are nine hundred ninety nine thousand of them are wrong. You just got to figure out which ones are right, uh, because uh, you can hear that Brian Robinson is there to take all the the uh, short yardage carries. Yet Antonio Gibson was one of the best short yardage running backs his first two years. J.D. McKissick is healthy, so he'll be there to take all the third down and all the two-minute drills. But yet, that's what Antonio Gibson made him a top uh, top five running back is because he was getting uh, getting the catches. So you just don't know. But I'll tell you what, um, this is going to be an interesting uh, uh, preseason to watch for these guys to see where that lands. But still, good talent. Um, and then wide receiver Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry is the guy. Curtis Samuel's back, Jahan Dotson. Uh, the rookie, but I think Terry McLaurin, who signed the great big contract uh, in the offseason, is the wide receiver one, is a wide receiver one, needs to be on your team if you got that opportunity, uh, if you're looking for filling your wide receivers after the first round. So, um, I, you know, there's talent there. And they will score some points because, you know, they'll play some teams and their defense is not hasn't been the best in the world. Certainly, that's where they've been um, uh, concentrating their efforts in the last couple of years. So they are improving, but um, they will need to score some points. And then I do want to you do need to mention Logan Thomas, but I think he's on. Would have liked to seen these guys pick up a tight end talent. I think Logan Thomas was a hey a couple of years great, but he hadn't been able to stay healthy. So not sure he's a consideration. Jay, give me give me one guy from these commanders you want to draft. Besides it's, Terry McLaurin, well, it's ter- it, it's only ter- it's only Terry McLaurin. I'm a, I'm a huge Antonio Gibson fan, but golly, I'm getting major New England Patriot vibes from this from this team as far as the running back usage and what we're hearing out of camp. Um, if I, I I could be totally wrong, and I hope Antonio Gibson they use him for what he truly needs to be used as, which is a true first and second down and even third down back. He's a true he's a good receiving back, so. God, I wish they can give him a workload, but everything we're hearing out of camp is that he's not going to get that, especially with him coming in with a tweaked injury already. So he's he's already working his way back in. Um, we'll see where that goes by the end of the camp, but um, I think Terry McLaurin is is definitely the pick. He's and I like where he's going. He's a fourth round pick currently. Um, you don't get much talent like the, a guy that has finished as a wide receiver one in his career. 
Maybe not with Carson Wentz, which which is why he's going in the fourth round probably. But I like Terry McLaurin a lot in the fourth round for, to get a, a wide receiver yeah. one on a team, uh, but not just a wide receiver one on a team, a wide receiver one that is finished as a wide receiver one overall. Um, sorry, a wide receiver one top twelve in for a season. You don't really usually find that in the, in the fourth round. Um, I like t- Scary Terry a lot. Uh, Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. Just, I'm not seeing them on my radar this year. I don't see this team being that high-scoring offense unless it's garbage time, uh, unless their defense does get back to the way it was a couple of years ago with that electric defensive line. Um, Logan Thomas has just not been healthy enough for me to want to take a shot at him as well. I'd rather take a shot at m- multiple other sleeper tight ends than him. So I think, honestly, Gibson and McClure are the only two guys I'm worried about on this team. I'm with you. I'm with you. Couldn't agree more. Well, all right. Well, there it is. We have given you depth chart analysis for all uh, all 32 teams in the NFL. I uh, hope you were listening. I hope that helps you. Uh, that gets us the preliminaries out of the way, as they say. And so the next time making the green is on the air, we will be talking rankings. We'll give you some camp news. And when we talk rankings, we'll be looking at positions. We'll announce those out. Uh, but we'll be talking about tier rankings and, and how those are important uh, going through draft. And, and we will get those rankings out there the next couple of podcasts. Then we'll be hitting, uh, draft strategies and going into that last week, uh, last week before it's time for you to make the green. Jake, you got anything? I got nothing else. Excited to get to these rankings. Awesome. Crazy legs. We appreciate it. Well, this is Uncle Tony. We're out. Peace. That worked pretty well.